your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. I'm going to bring him on right away. New guest, new new position too. Jesse Martinez is joining me. He's the new Lacrosse Education Association president, taking over for John Havlicek. You probably started that what two weeks ago, Jesse? Yeah, that is correct. I took over about two weeks ago. Now, are we reviewing the ballots? Are we doing an election investigation? Anything like that? Did you? I don't think you ran against anybody, right? I did not run against anybody. <laughs> did we? Did we find enough dirt on John Havlicek, who had had done that job for the past eight years, that we forced him to, you know, not run for reelection? You know, that is one way to look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other way to look at it is John gave eight years of great service and was absolutely exhausted and was ready to take a break. (laughs) Well, when you and when you say it like that, I feel like you should be hesitant about wanting to take that job. Absolutely exhausted doesn't sound like a job I want to slide into and take over. (laughs) You know, it, it is a lot of work to be the president of a local association um, I've been very lucky to be John's vice president for like the last four or five years. I don't even know how many years it's been. Um, I've learned from a lot of great leaders in lacrosse and across the state. And um, it's a lot of work. It is exhausting work, um, but it's also exciting work. And to me, it's fun work. So. All right, so you've been doing that as vice president for the past four or five years. At what point did John just kind of toss everything at you? Hey, can you handle this? Can you handle this? And then, you know, this year you went, hey, John, you're giving me most of the work. Why don't you just step down and I'll take over as president? That's probably how that went, right? Well, well, that's an interesting version of that story. Um, no, John, John, over the years, has kind of slowly given me more responsibilities. When I'd, I've been in the district seven years, this is the end of my seventh year teaching. It's the last day of school tomorrow. Woohoo! Excited for that. Yes. Um, and over the last seven years, John has kind of slowly pulled me in as a first year teacher to do some work, and then um, as I took over as vice president and things like that, he slowly gave me the other different responsibilities, things like handling our membership or handling our teachers' rights um, issues and things like that. Um, managing our hardship pool, so on and so forth. And then um, he started toying around with the idea of stepping away. Um, earlier this school year, he was kind of hit. He, we had a little bit of a conversation. He's like, you know, if someone's willing to step up and, and take over, I would be willing to, to step away and, and take a little bit of a break here. So um, I told him that if he, is, if he was ready, I was ready to – jump in and and do what I needed to do as president and I ran there was nobody who ran against me but John has been great the last two weeks um with the transition as well um he's been absolutely instrumental in me knowing what the heck I'm doing as president so um again I can't say enough about how awesome John has been all these red flags, nobody ran against you. He's stepping down. He's exhausted. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> what's funny, too, is we go from one essentially teacher's union president that was, uh, he's, I think John's a 32-year central high school Spanish teacher. Now we move yep. to Logan Middle School, and you also have uh, some duties in, in the Spanish teaching realm. Can you tell me, uh, you know, you're a seventh grade science and social studies teacher, but you you told me you're the Spanish immersion teacher. Can you explain that a little bit? 
Absolutely. So I'm like, I like to say I'm Spanish adjacent with my role. So I teach, um, altogether, I teach four classes in the day um, that are science and social studies. So I have two science classes, two social studies classes. One science class I teach in Spanish, one social studies class I teach in Spanish, the other two I do in English. Um, so I'm not teaching Spanish in the traditional sense of like, this is how you conjugate a verb. This is the vocabulary list we're going to be studying. Yeah, we so like to... So forth. I'm teaching life science, and I'm teaching world issues in Spanish to our seventh graders. Now, I'd like to just throw this one at, have a check when I have them on. Do you, now, this might be science here. In, in Spain or in Mexico, the chickens are saying ki, ki, ki. Is there, is there any science to the, the chickens speaking a different language in, in those countries? <laughs> it's all about how... Um, it's funny because actually, depending on where you are, and I can't think of any specific examples right now, but depending on um, geographic location, there can be different colloquialisms about what animals say what. Um, but the kid's favorite is always that a dog says guau guau. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then some animals, John says, are bilingual because they say the same thing, and which, which to me means not correct. bilingual, even though I, I know what he's saying there. Um, we're speaking with Jesse Martinez. He's the new Lacrosse Education Association president. Um, I want to get into a couple of things. So, a bit before we get to break, I'll just do the the radio tease here. We want to talk about the free school lunch program ending, and we want to talk essentially about teacher compensation. The fact that uh, you know, the the joke is always there's two phases to this, and we won't get into it yet, uh, Jesse, but. Uh, teachers have summers off, they make enough money, and teachers are underpaid, they couldn't make enough money. <laughs> so we'll get, we'll get into that in a minute. But first, uh, Sam, Sam White's doing the news. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line if you want to shoot me a text. You got questions for Jesse Martinez. We're talking about, you know, something that everyone's gone through. Or everything is going. Everyone is going through. If you're a parent of a student in the lacrosse or you know other area districts, uh, this is one of these issues that you're going through. And uh, school, school lunch, school breakfast for me wasn't a big deal. And uh, I think I was I was lucky enough to have parents that uh, you know I remember getting my taking my check and getting school lunch uh, back in the day, Jesse. Um, but the the federal program for free school lunch that started in March 2020 is going to end this month. If it if it didn't end already, I don't know if it. Tomorrow, you said, is the last day of the school year. So I'd imagine it ends tomorrow for the uh, Logan Middle School. Um, how, how have, you, have you seen a change in your students over the past, you know, since March 2020 when this was enacted, when, when every kid had, you know, breakfast and lunch and no parents had to worry about how to pay for that? Um, abs- I mean, the, the clear answer there is absolutely. So this, this waiver, because schools across the country – um, have different start and end dates. So even like schools in Wisconsin, I have colleagues in other places around the state that are going until like a week and a half from now. Um, so this waiver for free for the free meals will end at the end of June. Okay. Um, so my students will no longer benefit from it after tomorrow, but students in Wisconsin will continue to benefit from it until the end of June. Um, now, one of the things that really surprised me the most about the free and reduced lunch stuff was just about, I mean, I remember when I came and I was, oh, well, a lot of our students are on free and reduced lunch, so um, this maybe will affect a couple of students. But one of the things that I noticed was 
more students started signing up to take breakfast because they eat breakfast at the middle school. They eat breakfast in our rooms in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just get a breakfast bin brought up to our room with breakfast for the kids who have signed up for it. And then we hand it out. And more kids would sign up for that. And the amount of, I mean, we start school really early. We start school at 735 in the morning. It's when kids, like the the school day actually starts. Way too early. And (laughs) very very early. That's a whole different topic that we could talk about sometime. Um, But seeing the students eat their breakfast at 735 in the morning, and then the amount of engagement that I anecdotally was able to observe in my classroom um, as compared to what I was seeing beforehand when there was fewer students eating breakfast was just, I, I can't even describe it. It was like, I felt like I was in a whole new atmosphere with the amount of students who were engaged and participating and not like falling asleep on their desk. So you're saying the students first period to be over. (laughs) So you're saying the students would eat breakfast and they wouldn't get really tired and sleepy because every time I eat, I get really tired and sleepy. (laughs) I would say they, they're getting their nutrition. So they are, they are ready and geared up to learn, which is awesome. And and before that, you, you, you might notice a, a student or two who are, I like to use the term hangry. They're, they're hungry. They're angry because they haven't had anything to eat. You've, you, you've probably noticed that. What do you do? Keep a granola bar in your desk. Hey kid, I noticed you're hang- or a Snickers, right? It's the Snickers commercial. They turn into <laughs> Roseanne bar or whatever. Yeah, that's absolutely one thing that teachers will do is make sure that they have snacks in their room for kids. Um, and th- and that still happens with the fr- with with the free meals at school right now, but it happens on a much smaller scale. Um, like for example, I my students, my seventh graders, have the last lunch of the day, so they start eating their their lunch comes at eleven fifty. Um, and so if they haven't eaten all day and they're waiting for lunch at eleven fifty, yeah, I might have to toss them a granola bar because they're they're crabby, they're ornery, they're hangry, as you said. Um, and giving them that little bit of nutrition is helpful. Um, but with this breakfast, it's been, um, it's, it's been able to mitigate a lot of that. Um, because as we are aware as educators and maybe, um, the public is also aware of this teachers are spending a lot of money out of their own pockets as well, um, on lots of different things like school supplies and things like that. So being able to mitigate some of that, um, cost of buying snacks for kids has been really helpful. Isn't your desk full of apples because every kid brings the teacher an apple? So you could just toss apples to every one of your students when they get hangry. You know, that, I was really disappointed that that is one of the myths about teaching that did not turn out to be true for me. Oh. I love a good apple, and I have not received one apple in my seven years as a teacher. That's un- <laughs> that's a, that's crazy. We're gonna we're gonna. Well, you know what? Tomorrow's the last day. We're not gonna change that anytime soon. <laughs> I don't I don't know how many Logan <laughs> okay. Middle School I'll, people are I'll listening. Wait till next year, maybe year eight will be my lucky year. <laughs> we'll start a we'll start a petition, a GoFundMe for apples. Uh, we'll get Jesse Martinez at least one, you know, and it'll probably have a bruise on it because the kids, no doubt, dropping it on the way to school. Hey, it's the thought that counts, right? <laughs> okay, so so the the free school lunch program, in your opinion, this this needs this is a, is this a no brainer? Like we just got to continue it. You can see your students changed when that was enacted versus you know beforehand, yeah. right? Yeah, and that that's something you talk to any teacher anywhere in the country, they're going to echo that sentiment that it's a no brainer. This should continue. And if folks want to do something about it, if they're like, I know I, I was just looking at an article. A little bit ago, and there was um, there was one mom was in an ABC News article that was saying, like, with this program ending, it's possible that her her grocery budget is going to double. And then you look at the rate of inflation right now, and it's like 
man, how how can we expect families to do that, especially living in, um, like, our district right now is, um, I looked at the school report card from last year for the district, and 52% of students in the school district of La Crosse come from economically disadvantaged families, meaning that they, they qualify for free and reduced lunch. Um, a lot of those would be folks who qualify for reduced lunch, mm-hmm. which would mean that they're not getting the meals for free. They still have to pay something. Um, and, and being able to, to, to just kind of take that cost out of the, the minds of those families who have been able to maybe get themselves back on their feet a little bit during the pandemic because of this program, it, it just feels, it feels wrong to, to take it away now. So yeah, yeah, call your call your senators, call your Congress people, and tell them to make sure that this continues. That's that's the way we get it done. Call your fourteen candidates. <laughs> We're running right, exactly. <laughs> you gotta you gotta make a lot of phone calls. Um, yeah, with and with that, like I I tried to figure out because I I was looking at that too. Who qualifies? Because because uh, you, you first of all, that number is crazy. Fifty two percent of those students are are in that uh, that poverty level. Um, that should be a red flag, but also then those parents who are probably working, you know, probably working more hours than, than most people, um, they, they have, it's complicated to, to sign up for that stuff. So I, you know, part of me is like, okay, well, if they could get signed up for that stuff, then we're not, there's no problem here, but you're saying there's definitely a problem because when it, when it was enacted, the kids were different because the kids were fed. And when before that, when parents in the in the poverty level could sign up for that stuff, maybe it was too complicated. Maybe they didn't sign up. Um, so some there, there's something missing there. Right. Well, it, the the form to sign up is. I mean, it's just another hoop to jump through, right? With this program, it was like you know what? We're going to make sure that none of our kids have to worry about food. Doesn't matter where they come from. Doesn't matter where they live. Doesn't matter what their parents do for a job or how much money they make. We're going to make sure that our students are fed when they're at school, and we're not going to make the, the parents jump through hoops. We're not going to make the parents worry about it at all. If they want to have a meal when they're at school, they can have a meal when they're at school. And that, to me, just seems like the right thing to do. Yeah, right? there's, a, there's a certain we, amount of... We have public education that is free for all students. Let's make sure that every part of that service is free for our students. And there's a sense of community for that, too. You know, even, yeah. even rich parents are, are too busy to make breakfast, so if they just... Right. Yeah, just like you don't if you don't have to think about it and you send them to school and then the kids probably they probably eat better if they're together and everybody's eating. Well, right. And it, it takes away that stigma of, oh, who's on free and reduced lunch and who's not. Oh, yeah. And it just removes some of that stigma. And 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 the other thing about that is like, oh, if you're if you don't have money in your account and you aren't signed up for free and reduced lunch. Oh, come over to this side and you can take this little itty bitty meal and we'll we'll just put your put your debt we'll just put you in the in the red and then you'll just have to make sure you bring us a check to get yourself out of the red yeah that's the other thing Um, that's really weird is we see groups like the beer by bike brigade paying off student lunch debt like what are we doing like why is this the part of society right exactly so it, it eliminates all of that it eliminates it eliminates the need to pay off those debts it eliminates the need to make our families feel guilty about it. It eliminates the stigma that surrounds students who don't have money in their accounts or, or get labeled as free and reduced lunch students. Um, so I just, yeah, I, I truly hope that folks will reach out to their, their congressional representatives, whether it's the senators, 
Um, or right now it's Congressman Kind. You mentioned lots of candidates in that race right now. <laughs> yeah. Jesse Martinez is the Lacrosse Education Association president and a Logan Middle School teacher. Um, all right. We, we the, the other, and you brought it up a little bit inflation. Everybody is hurting from this. Uh, well, not everybody, but everybody in like yours and on my situation is, is hurting from this. Everything's costing more. Um, yeah. this, this has come up uh, for you guys as, as a union. Uh, teacher compensation. What I would say is your last day of work is is tomorrow. You mm-hmm. you teachers have all summer. Get a side job, Jesse. You don't need a, a raise. None of us are getting raises. Why should you? Well, first of all, <laughs> I would make the argument, number one, if you're not getting a raise, you better go ask for one because you deserve one. And um, number two, it's it truly the what what we are asking for is not a raise. What we are asking for is to keep up with the rate of inflation and to not lose spending power going into the next year. Um, we're, we're simply asking to be given the, the CPIU, which is what we are legally allowed to bargain up to. Right. Um, and, and the problem is, one of the biggest parts of the problem is that our state legislature is not willing to fully fund our public schools. And because of that, it puts our districts across the state in a really rough position. Um, now, we also hope that the, that there will be some way that we can find a way to get us up to that 4.7%. But to your point about being off for the summer, I mean, <laughs> I told you earlier, if you give me an hour, I could talk for an hour about why we're not off for the summer. Yeah. But here are the highlights, right? We, yeah, maybe our contract ends on June 3rd, but over the summer, we're planning our curriculum. We're going back and we're looking at student data. We're submitting our grades and making sure that parents get their report cards. We are still answering emails from the district. We are um, then once August, that was, that's all throughout June and July. We're, maybe we're going uh, to take some courses to make sure that since we're not getting the, the percent of inflation, we're going to take some credits at our own expense to move in a different way to get a little bit extra compensation. Um, and all of that stuff factors into what we're doing when we are, in quotes, right, off for the summer. And so the fact that we have that time in the summer and we are using it to make sure that we are better educators when we go back to school in the fall, there's not a whole lot of time to just sit and twiddle our thumbs. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you an athletic analogy. Uh, the season starts, you know, what, late late August, early September for, for you guys. Your season starts. Yep. But your off season is just, you know, if you were an NBA player, a basketball player, something, you'd be working out, you'd be running, you'd be you'd be perfecting your your skills, right? Like, And that's exactly what you guys are doing in the summer, so there is no summers off. Also, you probably do have a second job. You probably are working part-time somewhere. You bet. I, I mean, my, my wife is a teacher as well. She is she has lifeguarded. She has bartended over the summer. Um, I have taken jobs doing some organizing, making phone calls for different things. I have taken jobs doing um, working at summer camps in Eau Claire. Um, so, yeah, I am taking a second job because to make end meets, I have to. Yeah. And the and the idea that, that you, you, when you guys bargain off what you call the CPI, I think the CPI is kind of outdated, right? Like the the rate of inflation, they they could easily yeah. do the CPI what it is right now, but they don't. They take it from a while ago where uh, it's not yeah. accurate, right? Yeah, it's my understanding that this CPIU that we are bargaining at, the four point seven percent that we're bargaining at, was taken from that was set in like 
January or February for contracts that start um, in July, I believe is what the what the idea was. And like, if you look at the CPIU right now, it's somewhere around 6%, I believe. Yeah. If we were to take it right now, we could just do it every month, just change the contract every month. Then you're, you're, you would never know what you were making. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, yeah, I think it would be, it would be hard to, (laughs) to budget that for the district. Right. Oh yeah. I I suppose you gotta, you you gotta plan it ahead. All right. That's Jesse Martinez. I know you gotta, I I appreciate you coming on for a minute and then we'll we'll set this up. We'll do this once a month, Jesse. And, and uh, you know, get the, even, can we do this even in the summer? Is there a conversation to be had in the summer? Uh, You know, with your, sure. There are lots of conversations to be had in the summer. I'd be happy to be back once a month. All right. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Thanks, Rick. All right, that was Jesse Martinez, the new lacrosse associate, uh, lacrosse education association president. Otherwise, that you know, you could just say the teachers' union president, and also a middle school teacher, seventh grade science and social studies at Logan. We'll be back after this. On air and online, Wisdom News and WisdomNews.com. Always there, always free. Read as many stories as you want, whenever you want. I had a gentleman tell me he wanted to engrave a rifle on the stone. Aaron Miller from La Crosse Memorials. His father's favorite rifle was an old antique rifle. He wanted it set with deer shed antlers, so it was almost as if the antique rifle was laying there on a shelf with the shed antlers. So that was a neat idea, because it turned something that you wouldn't normally engrave, maybe, into something that was actually touching tribute to his father. It made me think of the connection that it gave to his son. We have a large custom design portfolio, which can really help a family know that's what we want on the monument. Lacrosse Memorials. Visit online at lacrossemonument.com or at the showroom just south of Valley View Mall on Highway 16. You don't have to fly to Kansas City to get great barbecue. You, you want barbecue. You always want barbecue, but her, she wants something different. Make the delicious decision to hit up Big Boar Barbecue. You get the cue you want. She gets what she wants. Wraps, soups, salads, roasted chicken and burgers. You may even want to steal a bite. Ah, sweet compromise. Dine-in, carry-out, or drive-thru. Big Boar Barbecue, Highway 16, West Salem. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, now is the time. Open. I'm open now. Open for business. If you want to shoot me a text, we talk to Jesse Martinez, top of that, top of half of the hour. He's the new Lacrosse Education Association president or the Lacrosse Teachers Union president. I got a couple of texts here. Um, uh, just from our conversation. So, so one was about the free school lunch program ending and it ends in the end of June, uh, just to go whatever schools go through June as Jesse explained, Logan middle school ends tomorrow. So the free lunch program for his students end tomorrow. So after that, the students figure it out. There's a lot of programs in the past. I usually start seeing these. I haven't seen these on social media. Uh, the Y usually does a free lunch program. I feel like Gunderson does and a bunch of other places. 
Um, but on top of that, then we, you know, we talked about a little bit the idea that we need a group like the Beer by Bike Brigade. It's a bicycling group where they pedal around and stop at bars and drink beer. Uh, we need a group like that to raise money, and they're doing this for all kinds of different things, but we need a group like that to raise money to pay off school lunch debt. Like, what are we doing? Like, okay, so Dan texted in, or no, uh, Bill texted in. Uh, we have to get our taxes raised for these food funding and, and these teacher raises. So, uh, okay, so raise taxes to feed kids and um, pay teachers. I would be cool with that. I'd be down for that. But also, like, we could fro- we could probably figure out ways that we're spending tax money on things that just aren't like we spend $10 million a day. We send $10 million a day federally to Israel, $10 million a day. Do you think maybe we could reel that in and maybe pay for our students' lunches and breakfasts? Breakfasts? Is it plural like that? Breakfasts? There it is. Breakfasts. That's a weird word. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say we could probably figure it out, Bill. We could probably figure out how to pay the teachers and how to pay for, for feeding kids. I, I don't have a problem with raising taxes a little bit to do that either, but I think we could reallocate tax money. Um, you know, everyone wants to, to harp on the defund the police agenda. That really wasn't it at all. But we ta- when we talk about that, it was reallocating funding so we could allow police to do things that were police matters and officers would focus on things that officers had to deal with and then we would reel back their responsibilities to just those things and then hand off those those like mental health calls we would hand those things off to other people that didn't need that there wasn't a need for police therefore we were reallocating funding and police could focus on things that police need to do so this would be kind of the same thing we could take whatever we take the big giant trillion dollar pile of tax money figure out where we're spending stuff that just doesn't really isn't really necessary or or reel it back a little bit and then you know the controversial take that we're going to use tax money to spend on teachers and feeding kids Another another angle for this, in my state in Minnesota, we have like a $10 billion state surplus. In Wisconsin, there's a $4 billion, I think it's $3.8 billion. I love when we round up billion, right? Uh, $3.8 billion surplus that the government is sitting on. So when this program ends federally, you know, the state could slide in and go, hey, you know what? If, this, if the federal government isn't going to help us, help our students help feed our kids, help feed kids. And, and you heard from, the, from a teacher himself and from the teacher's union president. When this program was enacted, the kids were better. Like, what more, what more do you want? When this program went into effect, the kids weren't hangry in class anymore. And we don't have to depend on our teachers having a snack in their desk to, oh, man, Jesse didn't have a granola bar in his desk today, so little Sarah's going to be hangry during class and probably not going to learn as well. Yeah, maybe we don't need the teachers to uh, like think of like, oh, I got to stop at the, the store on my way to school at 5 in the morning uh, and grab some granola bars just in case none of the kids are fed or some of the kids are malnourished today. Um, so, yeah, the state's sitting on a $3.8 billion surplus. Also, our state legislature has been off. I think it's almost three months now. Our state legislature has been off 
literally three months. The GOP-controlled state legislature, the GOP-controlled state legislature has been off three months, is going to be off for the rest of the year. This federally, this federal program ended, and maybe, may, you know what, the feds are probably talking about like reinstating it or re-upping it or, or continuing it. Um, but will it pass the Senate? Like it's going to pass Congress because it, it, the Congress is democratically led right now, so it's going to pass the U.S. House, I should say, and it won't. It probably won't pass the Senate. And then you'll be like, oh, okay, so the Senate doesn't want to feed kids. Fair enough. Um, but that's how that's the the state we're living. In. So so we probably need to depend on the state a little bit to do this. And the state legislature is off until next year. So they're just not going to do anything about anything. Not even just this, just anything. We're just going to sit on a $4 billion tax surplus. Um, and, and, and we don't have to give it. We don't have to do that. We, but we could probably talk about what to do with the budget surplus instead of just ignoring it and hoping for a new regime to come in. And then, and then if we get our regime, then we'll do something about the budget surplus. Meanwhile, you guys hold out. You guys hold out while everything is more expensive and life is a lot harder than it was, you know, three years ago. I will go to the phones. Caller, who's this? Yeah, it's Joe. Hey, Joe. Um, the school, the school lunch programs should not be off taxpayer dollars. They should be off donations if people want to donate money. They shouldn't come off the taxpayers. And for the guy that was on, shame on him for begging for money for taxpayers. Half of Tony Evers. School or half of Tony Evers' budget goes for schools. If they can't spend the money wisely, then maybe they shouldn't have all the money to deal with. Where where are and the schools if, not spending the money wisely? Well, look at what's going on with the, with the school program. They can't they can't afford to um, they can't afford to um, pay for lunches, or the parents can't afford to pay for lunches. Um, so the schools are giving it to them for free. They shouldn't be doing that. It's a federal. It's a federal. It's a federal program. It's not the schools. It's a federal program that has come in and um, what basically right, wiped those dollars. Out. Yeah, right. But fifty percent for the guy to complain about wages. Um, maybe you should complain to Tony Evers because fifty percent of Tony Evers' budget is for schools. We just got. We just gave the fire department a two point five percent raise and the police department a three percent raise. Are you mad at those? Should we have not given those raises? The city of Lacrosse did that. Well, yeah, but, but the thing is, is we can't stop that. That's not, you know, as a, as a taxpayer, I don't want to be. I want a raise too. Right. I don't get a raise. People don't don't give me tax dollars, and I get a raise. Okay, so I want a raise too. I didn't vote for this economy. You and the other gentleman did, and because by voting of, for Joe Biden, this is what we get. This is what we get. We get this is the economy. This is because of Joe Biden. Right. Trump had Trump had a great economy. Really? Trump had things moving and rolling. Well, if you can't I feel like it, a million people in the United States died because of a COVID-19 pandemic. A million maybe people you need died. another vaccine, Rick. I'm I I'm maybe up I'm need, up to date. Maybe you need to take another vaccine. <laughs> a million people, man. A million people died. That you're cool with that. No, a million people did not die. Okay, there we go. That's just wanted to get that. I just wanted to get that part because uh, that's Joe. Uh, COVID's not not real. 608-785-7914. All right, Joe doesn't want to pay the police, pay the fire department, or pay the teachers, or give kids food. <laughs> that's Joe's take. Uh, taxpayers shouldn't be doing that. We should depend, basically, basically we should be t- depend on anyone who can cut a check to the school's 
uh, donations wise. Hopefully, you know, maybe those people that are a little bit better off, hopefully they come through uh, for the schools to pay off student lunch debt. Beer by Bike Brigade, get on it. Uh, In Joe's world, we need a, a group of bicycle riders who go around drinking beer to pay off student lunch debt. And also, it's the school's fault. It's the school's fault that that uh, that kids aren't getting fed. So, um, yeah. But the school, this in the school's eyes, right here in the teacher union president's eyes, the, the the he wants just to clean sweep. Everyone gets fed. It's, it's a it's a harrowing take. It's un, it's very controversial, unbelievable. Jess Martinez should resign right now. The idea that you want to feed all the kids in school is ridiculous. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Committee meeting tonight coming up 10 minutes. Lacrosse City Committee meeting. Um which one is it? I just I closed the tab. It's either the finance or the I think it's the finance committee. Could be the judiciary. But uh a couple of things they're they're talking about tonight. I'm going to put Kent on hold for a second here. Hold tight, Kent. Um, where did I write it down? Uh, the the idea that we're going to, I wish number three was listening. We're going to hire a consultant to look into uh, hiring a private firm, I'm just going to call it, private co- company, whatever, private person to run the lacrosse center. So we're, we're spending up to, up to $25,000 on a consultant for the lacrosse center. Uh, the letter sent to Jay Odegaard, the Lacrosse Parks and Rec director. It says Mr. Odegaard in there, but then the letter at the beginning says Miss Odegaard. So I don't know if the letter is to like somebody in the Odegaard family that's female. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, up to twenty five grand. What are the odds that that consulting firm uses exactly all twenty five thousand uh, dollars? Northside Kent's calling in. Uh, hey Kent, how's it going? Rick Saltman, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Hey, bud, like, like the guy was saying, you know, as far as feeding kids in school, we're pouring billions of dollars in uh, Ukraine, and we feed the world. And I, I'm just saying, like you said, you know, a trillion dollars. Well, we've passed all these trillion-dollar bills the last couple of years. Throw a trillion dollars down and feed all the kids in school. Yeah, I you mean, know, you that's... Can, but this is the deal. This is the deal, though, bud. Yeah. A billion dollars. People don't realize how much a one billion is instead of a trillion. You can count a hundred dollar bill every second of every day for 125 years, and that'll get you up to a billion bucks. Yeah, there's there's so many really good analogies as uh, the difference between a million and a billion, or a billion and a trillion. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's you're you're right, Kent, and and that's that's what I'm saying. The, it is it is hard to it's it is hard. The hardest one to say is like, hey, we're we're writing checks to Ukraine right now because also like a country is invading Ukraine. But our, you know, I'd like to see the disbursement of between the U.S. and the rest of the world how much money we're sending to Ukraine versus the rest of the world. Um, but also like it's that's that's just awful. Like what's going on there? Uh, we send money to Israel, ten million dollars a day. Obama signed that deal. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not super excited about that. But we do that all over the place. But also on top of that, we're already in a program where we're feeding the kids. All we got to do is extend it. It ends this month. It ends this month. So uh, unlike the free childcare health uh, tax credit, right, the to help 
parents get their kids into daycare. That one ended. We didn't renew it. I, I'm all for renewing that one. Like, why? Why are we? Why is that controversial? Like, let's do it. Like, we're we're a society. We're a community. We're a giant community. We should all be doing that stuff for children. Uh, Nathan's calling in. Nathan, go ahead. You're on. Hey, Rick. How's it going tonight? Yeah, I'm good. Well, I just had to. I just had a, a funny thought there. For I think it was Joe is his name. There is that he he forgets that uh, Obama handed Trump a good economy. <laughs> Is that how that you works? Have a good night. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, like when when Trump was president and things were going good, the the take was, okay, well that was like like Nathan just said that was Obama's doing, and it, it and it siphons it it kind of moves into Trump land, you know. And then Trump was there for four years, so what Trump did, that stuff's gonna move, you know. And then people there are like, no, this is Trump's doing. Trump did this. Okay, well, it's feel like it's not how it works and then it depends on who you who you're in favor of so um if if trump's economy is doing great we're going to say it was obama if we liked obama but other people are going to say it's trump but joe biden's economy is not doing great although the economy kind like what i don't know the inflation rate is crazy uh but we're going to blame uh we're going to blame trump and we're also going to blame biden we could also blame, you know, the thing that we've been enduring for two years that's killed a million, over a million people in the U.S. So we could do that. Um, all right, that's all the time I have for today. I did have, I did have one other. Oh, you know what? The, the, Joe had this text too. I got a minute. Um, and, and Bill, Bill texted in too when the teachers are fighting for, you know, raises because they're underpaid anyway. I mean, they're teachers. They're teaching our kids. Um, Bill texted in. Joe kind of said it too. Like, what about me? What about my raise? I want that too. <laughs> and sure, yeah. I mean, I get it. That's an that's an easy thing to take, but it shouldn't take away from the fact that they want to fight for their pay. And we don't. We didn't. I didn't have a bunch of people call in and be mad that the police department took three percent raise, and the fire department took a raise as well. I think the fire department actually took less of a raise. I think they 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 took a half percent cut in their raise. I think it was two and a half percent. Um, this all happened during like the mayor's run. Cause I remember one of the candidates, uh, uh, floating that idea, like thanking the fire department or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where we're at. So, you know, like why can't people who are working in, in that atmosphere, the state, you know, state funded stuff, federally funded, why can't they fight for raises? It, it can be both. We can all do it. Anyway, thanks for, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with UW lacrosse, political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregoski.